0: Welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs, and welcome to March in 2023. I'm Scott Gerard. Joining me as always, Tommy Johnson, Daniel Zollinger, here to wrap up uh, the latest LSU news uh, after this last week. Uh, uh, most considerably LSU baseball uh, going perfect on the week, uh, outscoring everybody like 54 to 6, and we still got one more game to go as, you know, tonight they're playing uh, Butler again. So it'll be kind of like the, the same last week, although it is a new week. But whatever, as long as, long as we get a win, who cares? Um, a lot, a lot of good stuff to report off this uh, this week uh, on the the Diamond Tigers, and we got men and women's basketball. Uh, you know, it's up and down, folks. Mostly down with the men's, but uh, kind of down with the women's. But uh, you know, they I, I still feel like they have some upward mobility in them. And then football, uh, it's already. It's not too, it's never too early, really, for any football news. Um, Tigers had a couple commits uh, and a transfer of visits. I think Brian Kelly further solidified his staff. And I don't know if you guys saw this. They're already already presenting some models for these SEC. uh, They they were calling them pods. I don't know if they're still calling them that, but just like these Mm -hmm. three-team groups of who you're going to play every year. I wanted to get you guys' take on that. And then, you know, there's other football stuff we could talk about but before we do because we uh we think we could do a a nice trim one for you this week folks uh before we do want to check with the co-host see how y'all are doing um uh tommy baton rouge daniel down in southern florida how y'all doing
1: doing good glad to be here exciting uh or uh, like you said dominant weekend of baseball got to catch some of that so i was excited about uh lsu's performance and uh, excited to chop it up with y'all to, to,
2: tonight. Yeah, this is March. the The madness is right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, the LSU men will not be participating. Uh, but yeah, still had a good weekend. And I didn't get to watch the baseball games, but I was tuned in on Twitter as the the numbers rose higher and higher uh, in the in the score columns. So that's always exciting to, to check in and see. And so we get some some positive news to break down uh, with y'all this week.
0: Yeah, I mean, the week could not have been better, really, for for LSU baseball. Uh, I mean, they had it in a lot of different ways. Mostly it was just very run-heavy games, right? But we did see the lean part of what this team can do coming. Basically, that's how they started the week, with the 3-0 win uh, on the road at Texas. Um, It was basically a pitcher's duel until a ninth inning where Gavin Dugas came in, and it was third and seventeen. And he took his pitch and he knocked it over the wall and uh, the Tigers went up to 3-0 to and then they just closed out in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, so it was a great win on the road, uh, you know, propelling them to another championship season because, you know, transitive properties and all that <laughs> from a football team three years ago applies now. But uh, it was just a good testament of what they could do on the road against. I mean, the, Texas is not that great this year compared to years past, but, you know, it's still it's some. It's still, you know, top five conference competition level. Uh, But then they also have been on this, uh, it's basically a a five-game streak all week with that, and they beat uh, Butler, they beat Central Connecticut State twice already now, and they're going to play Butler again tonight. But all four that they've won this week already, 54-6 to total. I I don't know which is more impressive, the 54 runs that they've put up, because it's like You know, well, some of these records, like some of these run totals we haven't seen, you know, in in years. Uh, I think the 20 something one run, that wasn't since like 2014. But I don't know, they've only held all these opponents to six runs also. For like, we we obviously know who our day one starter is, Paul Skeens. But after that, you know, we're still, you know, it's a little, it's still setting. The cement is still setting. But uh, a couple more outings like, Ty Floyd had, and I don't know. We might have our day two starter. What'd you guys think? Man, I, I
1: watched. I, Saturday should have just been illegal. You know, <laughs> the, <laughs> the the you know the the score the box score will tell you it was uh it was twenty six to four, but it was really twenty six to one. They didn't. G- they only gave up three. They gave up three runs in the last in the last inning. um Of course, they only got to seven. They they uh ten run ruled them a- after seven. Um, which yeah, they is were hilarious. they were about to push over thirty. Two games in a row, yeah. Um, which is just hilarious to uh to to see in you know, Division One college baseball. Now again, like you mentioned, Scott, I mean, this is Central Connecticut State. This is not a top team in the country. Um, but gosh, we look good. I mean, it just it looked like we were playing on rookie mode. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm, we could, yeah. we could pretty much do whatever we wanted. Um, on, on Saturday, uh, I mean, at the, towards the end of the game, it was, it was really, it was Alex Milazzo at catcher. And the rest of the team was all people who had really no starting experience, um, which was cool to see it. And even still with, with us taking people out, I mean, Dylan Cruz was probably, he was at home by that point. Um, but even without like our, our starters, he was, uh, you know, LSU was able to put up big runs and and play good defense, and and our pitchers looked good. So, really dominant weekend for the Tigers. And the thing that I've noticed, and and again, like we, it's still early, and I feel like past two years I've gotten a little bit overexcited about LSU because you know they'll start off kind of hot. But what we haven't done so far is I feel like we haven't, and and again, like it could change, but I feel like we haven't taken out taken one of those bad. Um, losses to a to a lesser team that we probably shouldn't have. I mean, I understand the one loss that we had, like you know, maybe we should we should beat. Uh, was it in Iowa? I think.
0: Um, yeah, but they they they're they're doing pretty good them to themselves. So yeah, that, that maybe that wasn't as much of a fluke as we thought.
1: And, and even still, like I, I'm thinking, you know, when I'm thinking about these losses that that we that we've had in the past, I'm thinking about like remember the Air Force one from like two years ago. Yeah. Like, like I think we lost a series to them, the one where we where we got basically, I mean we got our our tails beat by Tech last year. Like they beat us. It wasn't we didn't you know what I mean. Like there was nothing we could really do. Um, we haven't had that happen
0: yet. So yeah, for the, for those midweek games that we would inexplicably lose also. Yeah.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. I think one of the the biggest takeaway for me over this past like you mentioned Tommy, it's not against the elite level competition but we knew we were going to have the bats maybe not putting up 26 runs but we knew we were going to be scoring a lot but I think that the pitching consistency has been good to see as well besides the fact that Paul Skeens is just an ace a lot of other guys stepping up too like um, Ty Floyd been pitching well Uh, Thatcher Hurd we called out uh, last week for having a rough go against Southern. He had a, he was the one who held Texas scoreless for six or seven innings yeah. and he's going again tonight against Butler. Uh, so if we can keep getting him, uh, looking like that, then things are, are shaping up in, as well. Blake money, uh, chase shores, uh, Garrett Edwards, all the relievers have been, um, not blowing leads. That's something we've seen a lot in the past with LSU baseball is like seventh, eighth inning, just choking leads away. Uh, so we we need that to, to continue. And then on the offensive side of the ball, we've got a uh, Tommy White back in the lineup DHing after he had a little setback early in the season and he put up some runs. And lo and behold, Cade Beloso is actually hitting well um, yeah. out of nowhere. He hit two home runs, I believe, this past week, and he's getting the start at first base as we speak right now against Butler. So he he played his way into a starting spot um, after two years of kind of hit or miss baseball. More misses than hits. Um, so, yeah, Jay Johnson's still finding the best nine to put out on the field, and hopefully that can continue through this upcoming week against uh Samford I believe um is, is the last tune-up before next week's big SEC kickoff against AM. yeah and
0: uh I guess it's it's different in baseball you can it's easier to play who's hot right because baseball is so much more streaky you know there's slumps are a thing I don't think it's as prevalent in you know football maybe basketball because you're just taking more shots kind of like uh baseball but uh Beloso, earned the, the opportunity. He went four for four pinch hitting for the week, uh two two hits, two home runs, seven RBIs in four games. So why not? I think that's how Gavin Dugas earned his spot on the field too. He was he was lighting it up. He um he did the same this week as opposed to the week before too. Uh so I I think de- depth is not an issue for us. It's just who can we get on the field? I think he's got a uh you know an embarrassment of riches. It's just who can who's He's got so many talented guys, you know, and then Gavin Guidry's there coming in. Um, we we have a depth uh, in the pitching staff too. So uh, I, I agree with you, Tommy, though. It's, it's hard not to get giddy and think of what could be. You don't want to get too far ahead of yourself because we've, we've, we've been
1: here before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, you don't want to get too ahead of yourself. But, I mean, I'm looking at Omaha tickets right now. I think it's a good time to buy. I'm going to go ahead and uh, jump on a hotel room. Um, let's do it.
0: There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, I think one one issue, like you said, they we, we haven't, uh, like, blown opportunities against what should be subpar teams, it's LSU's defense has also been great. Like, they're not shooting themselves in the foot with errors and just – sailing a simple throw into the in the you know the next dugout uh and they've like some of the highlights uh there was a freshman third baseman made a grab uh Trey morgan had a nice dive in the outfield so the defense is there right uh, this is an issue that has been spotty in the past as well
2: yeah we were terrible with errors last year and i think i saw stats today that we're third in the country in defensive fielding percentage uh through Ooh. the course of the year yeah. so it doesn't get much better than that obviously and with that good pitching that we were saying it always feels good as a pitcher to have a defense that you know will back you up and not just let balls trickle past them and then you're out there for extra batters um grinding up your pitch count so uh it all works synergistically with itself and hopefully the good vibes can can keep flowing yeah i mean they're just playing good ball and and i think that even maybe the best the best thing is like
1: when all else fails, we can put up twenty six runs. <laughs> like it's hard to beat it. it's hard to beat a team when they get when when they're when the bats are that hot.
0: Right, but you know when we hit the SEC schedule, we we'll definitely need them. Oh yeah, I mean
1: sure. Yeah. When you hit the SEC schedule, it might turn it might go from twenty six to uh to you know fourteen. But I still like us with I still like us at fourteen. <laughs>
0: Right, no, I like our odds because if you look at our games, like we we have won some close ones, including the one against Texas. You know, we didn't get we didn't we didn't get like one good swing of the bat until the ninth inning, and that was all we needed. But there's been other games I think we won. It was like five to three, something like that. Uh, but everything else has been double digits. You know, ten plus above runs. Now we saw this week 20, 20 whatever twenty six. So uh it's it's obviously a a feast or famine type of thing but very more a lot more feasting than famine thank goodness but um i don't know i I wonder what's working out in those games where they're not hitting that's just maybe it's just again what we were talking about last week the odds of it right like you're you're gonna have some off games every now and then yeah Mm. but i think uh but if you look at the rest of the top 10 everyone else is I don't know, kind of steady. LSU's the still the consensus favorite in the country, but there's still like five SEC teams right behind them. Stanford's right there, Um, and everyone had some some iffy weeks. You know, I think uh, I forget who it was. It was Vanderbilt. They're like eight and four already. Uh, There's some SEC teams like Mississippi State and Ole Miss. They're like seven and five, seven and four already. Um, Obviously, not living up to. Well, we've known him in the years past. Can't take him lightly because it's, but it's, this is like the time where you're supposed to be building up your your record and like, you know, figuring out who can, if you don't have your team solidified already, like these are the, this is the schedule where you like, you know, flexing yeah.
2: Wins against Central Connecticut State won't save you in the SEC gauntlet, but at least, I uh, mean, maybe, maybe it'll make the final record at the end of the year look a little bit better if you go 15 and two in the, in the non conference play. Plus, yeah, like you said, we need that tune-up um, so we can take on teams like A&M as a... Well, they were a top-10 preseason team. they fall in a little bit now, but still can be tough right off the bat. It doesn't get much easier from there. But it's exciting and good baseball to watch, so I'm looking forward
0: to it. Amen. Um, uh, still looking forward to March Madness, because like uh, you said earlier, it's right around the corner. Uh, we're already in the women's conference tournament. It's about to be in the men's, and obviously LSU is probably not going to be participating. Uh, <laughs> we would have to win the SEC tournament, but I would not bet like an empty post-it note on that. I just, it's like, I, I just, I don't see it happening, right? It's just not worried about it at all. It'll be interesting to see who all makes it because there's going to be a lot of teams from the SEC, but not a lot of like OG teams. Like North Carolina is probably not going to make the turn. They're not going to make the tournament. Yeah, you know, the ACC is horrible this year. I think Duke is like, 34th on the on the list or something like that it's just it's a crazy turn of events yes you see you'll have a few some other teams will obviously the big 10 but um it's not what we're used to no this whole this whole was, basketball
1: season's been just kind of just kind of weird altogether um a lot of, a lot of the you know a lot of the teams that you don't expect are uh good and a lot of the teams that you do expect to be good or bad so
2: Yeah, like Houston being number one, they've played really well over the past couple of years. But like, I mean, if you had told me a couple of years ago that Houston was going to be the number one team going into the tournament, I'd be like, what are you talking about? Uh, This doesn't really make any sense. And to be honest, the fact that LSU men's basketball has not been very good at all has kind of turned me off on college basketball as a whole a little bit. Like I haven't just watched that many games. I guess kind of by proxy, like you you watch LSU, then you watch a lot of other teams that are playing them, so you kind of get a a bit more feel for it. But if you're not checking that out, then uh you you can lose your your pulse on the the game. But I'm definitely going to tune into the March Madness games when they start, and maybe we can at least get one one win for the road against Georgia here in in two days in the
0: tournament. Yeah, um, even when LSU's had some down years, I uh, you know still feel out of bracket. Mm-hmm. If they weren't yeah. part of the tournament because I pay attention. It's you know. It's interesting, but it's it almost. I'd rather they not be in the tournament because then you want to side for them. Like the year in 2006 when they looked like they were going to win everything. I don't know. But uh, I think LSU, it remains to be seen if we're going to break through because what was it? Uh, Just down the road for me, Kennesaw State made the tournament, won their conference tournament, the ASUN. First time in their program's history they're going to play in the tournament. They were like one and I think twenty eight to year uh, twenty nineteen. We've said that before, like Iowa State, the you know the team that beat us, or yeah, the team we lost to last year. Same thing. So yeah. we were at the bottom of the SEC right now, and I'm like, you know, that's okay as long as we're not there this next, next year. year. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I, I think Matt McMahon's saying the same thing. He's like, if we <laughs> as long as we're not there next year, because if we're there next year, I don't know where he's gonna be.
0: <laughs> unemployed. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I imagine Kim Mulkey's job is in, in nowhere near danger. I mean they they lost to Tennessee. Probably again they should have won. They they had it in one half, you know, had a double digit lead. Uh then Tennessee just kinda slowly came back and took over in the second half and they ended up winning by ten. Or excuse me, two. They ended up winning by two. But somehow the Tigers dropped a lot in the polls. Um yeah. I don't know it's like what I get like their their two losses were a blowout to South Carolina which I don't know if they really dropped that bad they should have dropped more for that loss than the two-point loss to Tennessee in a conference tournament game
2: yeah it's a little bit disappointing to lose to Tennessee and because people wanted the rematch against South Carolina in the SEC championship and also winning that game probably would have secured us a guaranteed two and possibly a one seed depending on how the last game went and now we're looking at maybe a two, probably a three seed, even though we only have two losses, which is kind of sad. The polls uh, just hate us. They think our strength of schedule is not that good. Um, but it probably wouldn't have mattered because South Carolina is so good. They crushed Tennessee. We would have most likely lost that game anyway. Um, but we'll, we'll see how the tournament plays out. Uh, just don't don't want to get put on South Carolina's quadrant of the bracket because... Uh, they're pretty much going to be juggernauting through whoever they play and everybody else is mostly fighting for a second, but I mean, still a, a great season and hope they can put a, a good bow on it with a final four run or greater.
1: Yeah, no, I'm excited. I mean, I've, I'm not the, I don't, I think most listeners would know that I'm not the, uh, the most avid women's basketball fan. I haven't, I've watched some LSU basketball this year, I mean, women's this year, but um you know, it's exciting for them to be so successful. And I think you're right, Daniel, that every, I watched, I did watch the South Carolina LSU game. Um, and South Carolina looks like they're not going to be denied with this championship. They've always, it's like, they've made it personal too. They, I, you know, the, the players and the coach are all, um, you know, kind of being like, this is ours. We're coming here to take it. We're coming for this championship. No one else, you know, they're going to have to come for us. So um, more power to them, but you I think it's really, it shows, you know, the greatness of Kim Mulkey, what she's been able to do in a, like a year and a half. And then, um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully she can, you know, continue that and and elevate her program. And then also maybe maybe she could even, you know, could she help out with the men's program while she's, does she have any extra time?
2: <laughs> I'll take it.
0: <laughs> that would be so humiliating probably to Matt not- Man, I don't know if we want to do that. Unless he asked her, of course. But um, somebody that probably needs no, no help, no advice on his staff, Brian Kelly, uh, solidifying more of his coaching hires. Um, they also got some some commits this week. I'll probably toss that to Daniel. But uh, what he did do was add, add um, actually an old-time buddy that he worked with uh, back at Grand Valley State and I think, Central Michigan, uh john jancic uh he he's now our special teams coordinator since we got rid of polian she's we didn't get rid of polian we, we demoted it him. Side, Mo- was Mo- it a side was it a side move it wasn't a promotion it was like a side move to like he's like the area area player development or something i don't yeah. know he's whatever <laughs> that is but you're right um uh, but then jancic's gonna be our special teams coordinator and outside linebacker coach uh, he was previously a DC at D.C. at Georgia and Tennessee. So, I mean, he knows his way around the SEC recruiting and just hopefully special teams because we, we need it. Um, but, yeah, there was that. I think we added another analyst as well, but I don't know. I, some, I'm starting to feel like those are just favors to your buddy. He's like, yeah, yeah, come here. Just wait here. Here you here, go. Here's some money and then move along.
1: Yeah, the the analyst, the, the the trend of analysts. You know, Saban invented it. He he started bringing on all these analysts, and now everybody does it. You know, you got a whole team of analysts. No one really knows what they do. Every analyst is resurrected in different, different. Ways. So, um, hope. I mean, you know, I think um wasn't uh, I, I don't know if this means anything anymore, but DJ Mangus uh, he was an analyst for Joe Brady and you know that got him a job in carolina and then back here as the passing game coordinator so you know maybe maybe it can do something but then again how'd that end up for him so (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm. yeah and you mentioned the recruits i'll mention them quickly uh was two defensive players in the class of 2024 both in-state guys they had four-star linebacker collage cobbins and then uh He's out of Destrehan, Louisiana, and then also a uh, three-star linebacker, Ahmad Brew, out of Ruston, in North Louisiana. So, yep, um, some big boys on the D-line or in the defensive side of the ball, and that brings our total to uh 10 commits for 2024 we're actually like pretty much leading the country in terms of number of commits yeah uh, we don't have the the highest in, in terms of ratings and, and stars but at least kelly's kind of on the trail early and, and picking up these guys and trying to put a fence around louisiana at least uh early on and, and keeping them in there
0: yeah and he was originally a uh, bro was originally committed to i think duke and then yep. he got the lsu offer and he's like All right. uh, Thanks, Duke. Respect my decision. I'm out. (laughs) And he went with LSU. So uh, you're right. He's trying to put up a a fence as much as he can. Guys that he think, yeah, he's a three-star, but you know what? I I see a five-star in this guy. So maybe they feel like they can bring him up to that level. Um, And then there was also, I think a transfer visit this weekend. This guy from Maryland, offensive lineman, Mason Lunsford. Um, We'll see what happens there. I guess we'll maybe we'll have something for you next week on that. That'd be a nice gets. Had some depth on the uh, offensive line, but yeah. yeah, still otherwise two good gets.
1: Yeah, um, and, I feel like it's it's you know it's early for me to to or for anybody. I, I Daniel, I think you would probably agree. Early for us to say anything about how we're feeling on this class, other than I mean, you know, there's some good pieces. Colin Hurley, something somebody who I think everybody's been excited about, but there's still a lot of time for people to to you know decommit recommit transfer all that so um i'm excited that that we're you know we're ranked number 2 in the nation right now behind georgia excited about that but um you know there's still still a lot of time on the re- recruiting trail to uh to mm-hmm. iron it all out
0: yeah hopefully colin harley will help with it though guy seems like committed like yeah. I've seen other guys in the past, you know, once they get on board then they try and recruit everybody else, that's uh, what you'd know, to see. Walker Howard was, was committed in recruiting everyone else too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, there's always exceptions to the rule, right? <laughs> um, but speaking of guys that are committed to LSU, purple and gold through and through. Didn't mean to rhyme, but I did it that time uh John Trey Kirkland you see him XFL I didn't really get to watch any games I just saw this highlight that he had uh playing uh for Texan against I forget who it was maybe Seattle but nice catch down the sideline he's representing in the XFL um I don't know I still hopefully feel like yeah maybe this is like a maybe it could be like an NFL training ground I don't know I just got hard I'll give him that
2: I, I i'm excited
1: about it. i mean well we saw last year with i think i mentioned it last podcast or maybe two two weeks ago when we were talking about the xfl a lot but um uh kevante Turpin, you know an all uh an, uh not all pro but uh pro bowl a pro bowl player for the cowboys who you know was i think had like the last offensive play for the cowboys this year in the playoffs um he came from the from either the USFL or the XFL. I forget exactly which one, because we've got, we got so many alternative leagues these days, but
0: it's right. definitely possible. Yeah. Um, All right, so <clears throat> to bring it back to, uh, uh, well, football, but the NFL, you know, okay. the, the OG of the uh, the football world. Do you guys see who the Saints finalized today? Signed him, signed, sealed, and delivered. Got a new car with the Saints, David Carr. What do you think?
2: It's kind of a big meh, big yeah. meh for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's I would say better than Jameis or Andy Dalton or Taysom Hill at this point. So it's an improvement, but how much do we pay for how it's much a Very an improvement? minor
1: improvement,
2: I think. Yeah. Uh like Derek Carr. I mean, he was never exactly lighting the world up in Oakland. He had a good year two years ago, and then everybody was thinking he was going to have like an amazing season this year. And he was all right, but the team around him was bad. Uh, they went and out and so, got Devonte
1: Adams just for him, right?
2: Yeah, and Devonte Adams played well, but there was like basically no other production besides him. Yeah. So the Saints have weapons with Chris Olave and Alvin Kamara if he's on the field, and Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas if he's in if he's in, the, if he's in alive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So uh, there's options there, and I think it, it moves us in the right direction. But looking long term, it's like, is Derek Carr a franchise quarterback for the next five plus years? I think not, even though they signed him for six years, I believe. I so four. I think we're going to be looking. Uh, yeah, you're, you're right. So I think we're going to be looking for somebody else in the next couple of years. Maybe they look to draft
0: in 2020. Yeah, they signed, him, they signed him for four years. $115 million.
1: I mean, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they could, like, I wish that we could, I wish we could tank, I wish we could tank and go for like a, just a really, just a soft, like, why can't we have a Trevor Lawrence or, uh, you
0: know, a two we or wh- whoever. Cause we don't have any draft picks left. I oh, don't know. We do. Well, we have one. Well, no, we that's don't have point. that level.
1: No, but my point is, is like, come on, let's just, let's just get the, you know, give me the tank. It's okay.
2: It's respectable. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Dolphins did it. And you think right. at this point, maybe they could should cut Jameis and Andy Dalton and then try and draft like a third or fourth rounder to backup up car and learn from him like a hindered hooker type guy, maybe. Um, but I'm not sure they even have the draft capital to work with that. And they got so many other positions of need. So it might be till, till next year. So if you're a Saints fan, I mean, there's some room for optimism here, but you're probably looking at Maybe making the playoffs. The only good thing is that the NFC South is a really bad division. Yeah. So especially now that Brady's gone in Tampa Bay. So all you have to do is beat a Brady list um, a Carolina team who has a worse quarterback situation than us and a Falcons team that also has a worse quarterback situation than us. Uh, so maybe they can at least squeak out the division kind of like the Bucs did this year and, and see where that takes them. But uh, I guess we'll that- find out when that rustles around.
1: Of note for LSU fans, isn't it also a list Bucks now? Pretty sure they, yeah, Leonard, Leonard that got.
2: It's kind of sad.
1: Yeah, no. I know. I was talking to the
2: Saints, looking for work If
1: they could pick him up cheap, why not? I, the, yeah, I feel like that's like the Saints' new thing. Is like we're just gonna go get like like aged, aged LSU players because we know it'll sell tickets.
2: Which I understand,
1: <laughs> but like a
2: business
0: it's, it's a business really a, it's
1: not really a strategy it's yeah it's a business strategy i don't know if it's really a <laughs>
0: competitive strategy right no not at all but i don't know i feel like leonard's still got a few good runs in him still no I, i'd be <laughs> all for it but
1: i also would be like well this is what we're, this is where we're at these days <laughs> like
0: um uh, well we'd, he'd be a good third string at least second to third um Where's my question to you? Um, well, I have two questions. First one is, what do you do with Jameis and the league's most versatile tight end in Taysom Hill?
2: I think you I mean, keep Taysom because he can do a lot for you. Hopefully not a, a too big of a cap hit, but, but I feel like Jameis is he's kind of a known commodity at this point, and he's not going to take you that much farther than Carr, so I, I wouldn't really bank on keeping him around.
1: Yeah. I like keeping, I, I like keeping Taysom Hill, but I, I feel like at some point, like he's good at I, I, I'm kind of a Taysom. Now again, I, now I'm not a, I'm not a. Uh, fan boy. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, well, yeah, I'm not <laughs> a fanboy, but I'm also not like a, a diehard Saints fan. Like, I mean, the Saints are my, you know, I, I root for the Saints, but like, I'm not sure. in the weeds of, you know, all of that. To my eye, as I watch, I think that Taysom has honestly gotten a little bit of a raw deal. I was talking to somebody about it actually today. You know, Do you remember when Drew Brees got injured? It was like his thumb, and there was a big, deci- big, big decision of, okay, are they going to play Taysom Hill? Or are they going to play Teddy Bridgewater? Because Taysom Hill had been the second-string quarterback. It was Drew, Taysom, then Teddy. But Teddy moved up and was started the rest of the season. And he ended up, of course, he played mm-hmm. well and ended up getting that contract with uh, Carolina where he made a bunch of money and then, you know, didn't do very well. Well, um, the the whole theory on that that I've that I've heard, I totally believe it, is that Sean Payton basically didn't want to. Sh- he knew it was a contract year for Taysom Hill and he, and he knew that Taysom Hill was going to be a, a good quarterback and he didn't want to show the league what he had as the, basically the second stream because he liked having him as that versatile guy that you talk about. Um, And that's always, that's been a point of contention for him his entire, almost his entire tenure there. It's like, I want to play quarterback. I want to play quarterback. And then they put him at punt return and, and, you know, tight end and fullback and all that. So, yeah, I mean, I like keeping him around, but I also like, I I think you're right, Daniel. It's going to, I feel like as with every year, it gets, maybe eventually he'll, he'll get to the point where, you know, he's too old, but, um, but I feel like he's got to, he's got to make a play for a starting job at some point, or at least more of a quarterback at some point. Whether that's when the Saints are on a different team, and it's not going to be on the Saints for a quarterback role because they like you. Like we said, they just got Derek Carr.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh, second question for you guys: Since you still got your GM caps on, if you have a a good early pick in the first, second, and third round. Do you draft Keion Boutte and any of them? Danny? I think.
2: Well, I'm gonna say he, at this point he's a third round pick. Um, I think that fits based on his potential and the flashes he's shown in the past. But he, the issues with, um, in the combine he he was slow, ran a four six seven, worst vertical I think, and like worst long jump and then lack of production this year. He was hurt, some character issues. There's a lot of downsides and a few pluses. At the beginning, the pluses outweighed the downsides because there weren't any downsides, and now those have kind of slowly emerged and dragged him farther and farther back in the draft. But I think third round is fair. Any later than that, he's probably a steal, to be honest, Um, just because NFL teams, they like to draft based on ceiling a lot of the times mm-hmm. but it's kind of a sad story to tell but that's kind of where i see him going well i mean
1: i was actually i was talking to somebody close to the program yesterday about it and it's crazy to think that his freshman year i remember people being like oh this is this is the next jamar chase this is the guy
2: he was wide receiver one in the class yeah. pretty much
1: yeah yeah i mean he was like you know this was he was the guy he was i mean as a as a freshman he was carrying the team. Remember that uh that touchdown, that long touchdown he caught against was it a M or or Florida? Yeah. I, I forgot. Had a lot of um yeah, so it, it yeah, you're right, Daniel. It's pretty sad, but I I don't take it. I yeah, third round I think makes sense. I don't know if I would take him personally, just be just because I mean we're we're so um close to the to the drama. You know, like we followed, we knew him, we knew, we knew what was going on from the first game when he was running routes and it looked like he didn't want to catch the ball. So I'm probably biased on that. And NFL GM would probably looks at it a little bit more surgically and says, like you said, Daniel, ceiling wise, he's a, you know, you got to take him in the third round, but, or the, you know, whenever you have him available. But um, personally, if I'm the GM, I probably, I probably look at other, other options. Just because I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't believe that. I don't. I don't know if it's gonna. I don't know what what my, or how much is gonna change.
0: Yeah, because you still got a pro day to improve, but how much can you improve on your forty time in, in a matter of weeks? I don't know. Well, well, that. How much can you improve that way? But also, like,
1: you know, how much? How was the adversity gonna? Or you know, like you think about it. What if you get draft gets drafted to a team that's like a main mainly like a running team. Um, like, I mean, I'm just kind of making things up, but like like the Titans or something like what if they picked him up and, you know, it's like they're they're Derrick Henry all day and he's going to get mad. You know, is he going to get mad and kind of like not really try like he like he did at yeah. the beginning of this season?
0: I don't know. I think it depends where he, if he knew his place, right? Like if he was drafted in the, like you said, third or maybe even the fourth round and it was a run heavy team. He's like, look, you uh, were drafting you because of what you did, you still got to prove it here. And, you know, there's some kid that is an undrafted free agent that's there to try out. And what if he's great? Like outshines. <laughs> like he he can't just show up thinking, well, my highlights versus Ole Miss and uh, AM and uh and UCLA from back in the day. That's good enough. Just hit play. No, you can't do that. But I do feel he has an opportunity to, kind of have like a a honey badger type redemption right like his mm-hmm. his college career didn't quite finish as as really as his his talent would uh, uh, lead to but i think Sean has a chance to turn it around he might be a third round pick but he could still have a career like uh Tyran Matthew
1: hopefully so yeah i mean Tyran Matthew is a borderline hall of famer
0: though. i don't know if i'm put him in that yeah. category yet <laughs> long way to go borderline i mean he's got some years though he's got Who? some years okay sean no uh matthew no i mean i'm, I'm like
1: thinking he's... like Tower matthew is like a hall of famer pretty like uh, like he's oh, close okay. and i don't know if k yeah, yeah. is gonna
0: get to that point got you uh yeah there's that remains to be seen sure um but having said all that that's that's all i had guys what would you have you have anything else
2: no the only other football wrestling. topic was like the uh the SEC schedule oh, yeah. realignment. I don't know if we need to dive oh, into that uh, or
0: not. Well, well, we can touch on it next week, but the model I saw was LSU with Ole Miss, A&M, and Bama.
2: Mm-hmm. I saw that too. Which is Which, pretty tough overall. I think one of the tougher groups, in my opinion. Well, you know, Saban, Saban
1: was mad because I think theirs is Tennessee, LSU, and Auburn. Yeah, and yep. He was saying that you know, this, this is and then something like these or
2: Was Georgia in there, too? I can't be. I don't know. Anyways, Al- Auburn got it. Auburn gets it bad because they get Bama and Georgia. Like, is OK, there that's in- what. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I was.
0: Thinking it's, it it's the South's oldest rivalry. You can't just take it away because oh, it's going to be hard on Auburn. Yeah, you keep it. That's why Alabama uh, Bama is playing Tennessee still. Yeah, they, Saban's just unfortunate for him that they are getting good again. It sucked his, this whole time he's been at Bama. Lucky for him.
2: I do I, think the ones that LSU is assigned against are probably the most three logical in terms of like the the ones that the rivalries they want to drum up kind well, of. Yes,
0: There you go. There
2: because we've had Bama for a while. Like they're kind of our lock. Like we almost need Bama in a sense to, to give us like something to cry about. <laughs> Ole Miss, there's yeah. some historical rivalry there. They, we kind of they need mississippi state more i would maybe swap a and m for arkansas but that's just kind of a personal thing
1: i think i would swap a and m for florida
0: oh yeah we lose that because we i I don't like
1: losing the florida game i don't like losing the auburn game i like both of those
0: i think lsu and Florida needs to take a break though because we're it's too hot and heavy it's we we, like literally hate each other (laughs) we need to take a break but of course it's a good rivalry though good games
1: Oh, yeah, the games have always been great. I um, I think, I I guess, I guess the thing to keep in mind, though, is like, this doesn't mean that we're not playing them like we would still play most of these teams, if not this year, if not one year, the other year. Right. Right.
0: Yeah, it's rotating. But but every year. You know,
1: there's I mean, there's something about like it, it, it's a little bit unfortunate. I mean, like there's something about like knowing every every year you're going to have Florida, you're going to have Auburn. You're gonna have Ole Miss, Mississippi State, like you know. It's just like you know, hey, you know, and each of these games almost have like a feeling. It's like Florida is like an early fall game. Mississippi State usually is like an like a like a late like like the one of the first weeks of the season, probably your first SEC game. Ole Miss a lot of times Mm. is like a like a Halloween ish, like you know, mid to late October game. So it's you know, it's all gonna be different, and eventually we're gonna be talking about us going to austin to play texas or something
0: right like that to me the pod to the that should have been was texas oklahoma A&M, and M, like if they were doing yeah or, or if they're doing four missouri texas oklahoma or uh a&m or arkansas but, but it probably those four because they're all in the big 12 together or they you know they there were rivalries there already
1: yeah no, yeah i agree i think that would have been cool um, yeah. I would have. I mean, like, I think, oh, well. I think a, a, like the one Texas A and M uh, or Texas A and M, not Texas A and M Longhorns, Oklahoma and and Arkansas would be cool because it wasn't that like the the Southwest Conference,
0: yeah, yeah. like old school, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, um, I think that'll pretty much do it for us. Uh, A lot came down the pike this week Got some more this week with LSU baseball Got the LSU, SEC men's basketball Women's basketball as well And whatever else comes down the, the pike uh, We'll have it for you folks next week So until then I hope everyone has a great week You stay safe, you stay tuned And we will talk to you next time On Talking Tips